Welcome to you at day five of Shaped by the Word. I'm Paul Kemp. I'm here with Matt Kresge and David Keefe. Hey, guys. And we are reading through the book of Luke. It has been a fun journey already. We're just uh, five days into a new season of reading through the New Testament together. Mm. Chosen to start with the book of Luke because he takes us all the way through Acts and the early history of not only the life of Jesus, but the life of the church. And it has been fun already to see the gospel being the fulfillment of the Old Testament and the birth of Jesus and in the forerunner John. Mm-hmm. So we come to the end of chapter 1. When we come to the end of the chapter 1, there's this one little sentence in verse 80. And these are awful long chapters in the book of Luke. The chapters were added later mm-hmm. and the verse numbers were added later. And it's kind of incredible that uh, some of these are so long. But in verse 80 of chapter 1, it said, And the child grew, speaking of John the Baptist after he was born, became strong in spirit and he lived in the wilderness until he appeared publicly to Israel so we pick up in chapter 3 at the time that John the Baptist does indeed appear publicly to the nation of Israel Uh, so before we uh, begin to read about the ministry of John the Baptist and the baptism of Jesus let's do as we always do let's offer this moment to the Lord and offer ourselves to the Lord uh, as we read his word David do you mind leading us in the word of prayer let's pray Father, as we come to your word this morning, um, we are reminded that this is your word and that it is living and it is active and that it is what we need because it points us and directs us to you and to Christ. And so this morning, as we look at your word, and as we look at John the Baptist, um, who prepares the way for Christ, may we be encouraged in the good news of Jesus and the plan of redemption that you are unfolding here in the gospel of Luke. And so build us up, convict us where we need conviction, and more than anything, may we marvel at the beauty of the gospel this morning. We pray it all in the name of Jesus. Amen. So we begin today in John, uh, excuse me, Luke chapter 3. Yes. Uh, Jesus has uh, been born, mm-hmm. it's been announced by the angels to the shepherds. Mary is pondering these things in the heart. Jesus has been dedicated at the temple. And now we move to the ministry of John the Baptist. So we move about 18 years ahead of time uh, from chapter 2 to chapter 3. In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was the governor of Judea, Herod, Tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip, Tetrarch of Atyria, and Trachonitis, and Licinius, Tetrarch of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and of Caiaphas, the word of the Lord came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went to all the country around Jordan preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill made low, crooked roads shall become straight, the rough roads smooth, and all people will see God's salvation. John said to the crowds coming out to be baptized by him, you brood of vipers, who warns you to flee from the coming wrath, produce fruit in the keeping with repentance. And do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father, for I tell you that out of these stones God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the tree, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. What should we do then, the crowd asked. John answered, anyone who has two shirts should share with the one who has none, and anyone who has food should do the same. Even tax collectors came to be baptized, Teacher, they asked, what should we do? Don't collect any more than you're required to, he told them. Then some soldiers asked, and what should we do? He replied, do not exhort money and don't accuse people falsely. Be content with your pay. 
People are waiting expectantly and are all wondering in their hearts if John might possibly be the Messiah. John answered them, I baptize you with water, but the one is more powerful and I will come. The straps of whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and together the wheat into his barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. And with many other words, John exhorted the people and proclaimed the good news to them. But when John rebuked Herod the Tetrarch because of his marriage to Herodias, his brother's wife, and all the other evil things that he had done, Herod added this to them. He locked John up in prison. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Now Jesus himself was about 30 years old when he began his ministry. He was the son, so it was thought of, Joseph, the son of Hillel, the son of Methai, the son of Levi, the son of Melchi, the son of Jani, the son of Joseph, the son of Mattathias, the son of Amos, the son of Nahum, the son of Esli, the son of Nagai, the son of Maoth, the son of Mattathias, the son of Samian, the son of Josek, the son of Jodah, the son of Joanan, the son of Resa, the son of Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, the son of Neri, the son of Melchi, the son of Adi, the son of Kosum, the son of Elamdah, the son of Er, the son of Joshua, the son of Eliezer, the son of Joram, the son of Methai, the son of Levi, the son of Simeon, the son of Judah, the son of Joseph, the son of Jonam, the son of Eliakim, the son of Meleah, the son of Menah, the son of Mattathah, the son of Nathan, the son of David, the son of Jesse, the son of Obed, the son of Boaz, the son of Salmon, the son of Nashon, the son of Amminadab, the son of Ram, the son of Hezron, the son of Perez, the son of Judah, the son of Jacob, the son of Isaac, the son of Abraham, the son of Terah, the son of Nahor, the son of Sereg, the son of Ru, the son of Peleg, the son of Eber, the son of Shelah, the son of Canaan, the son of Arphaxad, the son of Shem, the son of Noah, the son of Lamech, the son of Methuselah, the son of Enoch, the son of Jared, the son of Mahalel, the son of Canaan, the son of Enosh, the son of Seth, the son of Adam, the son of God. Great job on that. <laughs> One of the things you notice immediately is how different uh, Luke's genealogy is uh, from Matthew's genealogy. Yeah. Uh, Matthew, who we'll be studying later in this year, wants to connect Jesus to the promises that God has given to Abraham and to David. Uh, Luke wants to go all the way back to the beginning of humanity, to the promises that God made to Adam. And, of course, his expression that Adam was a son of God is, of course, the, what all of us were created to be, sons of God, which will only be possible through the birth of this one particular son, uh, Jesus. So it's just kind of an interesting uh, interesting text. Even these uh, genealogies have a lot of story, yeah. history, you know, to tell us. Yeah, well, I love where you know Luke places this in, in his story as it's unfolding, as he places it right after God has spoken at the baptism of Jesus. You know, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And then you have this genealogy for us. It's just a bunch of names that's, I mean, working with students, this is always one of those passages. It's and like, all right, skip. anybody want to read yeah. this? You know, and everyone's like laughing the whole time because no one can pronounce the names. You just got to listen to Paul read it. You know, but, but for... For the first century readers, and even for us, these stories are stories of God 
speaking and God acting and God moving. I mean, these were stories that they found their identity in, you know, and found the promises of God. And, and so I love just the placement of it. It's the God who now speaks, you know, the spirit descends, descends, God speaks. This is my son in whom I will please is the same God who's been speaking throughout history, you know, and reminding us of his promises. And this would, you know, kind of be like for us, uh, you know, when you see a movie and you see the credits rolling at the end. Credits are very seldom interesting to you unless you know someone who was in the movie. Mm-hmm. And then you're waiting on the edge of your seat to see their name flash across the screen. And, of course, you know, for uh, many of Luke's audience, these names would have been rich. They would not have known all of these names. Yeah. But even to us, you know, there's some names that really stand out. Uh, you know, this is the only uh, time we have other than Genesis where Methuselah, yeah. you know, the oldest guy, you know, who is mentioned. Uh, you were Seth is mentioned, which is a godly line, you know, of Adam, you know, movie, moving out. And, of course, you have Abraham and you have even the story of Ruth where you have Obed, you know, mentioned in there. So there is a lot of Old Testament, you know, that pops out of these pictures. And that's exactly what Luke is determined to yep. do from the beginning. He wants to show us how. These things have been fulfilled among us. Yeah. And so he's tracing the history, you know, all the way from, you know, from beginning to end. Yeah. So when you look at it in that way, that takes these long lists of genealogies that we kind of get bored by and actually shows us this grand narrative that's been unfolding that's now leading from the first man to the true man, Jesus, and how he is the hope we've been waiting for for all of history, mm-hmm. or at least since yeah. the fall. And shows us how God is fulfilling his promises through the generations. Yeah. He has been faithful. Uh, all the way, you know, back, you know, to Adam. Yeah. And, and Luke's been hinting, I mean, not even hinting, he's been just so forthcoming with all of this, that reminding us Jesus is, you know, from the house of David. Jesus is from the line of Abraham. I mean, he's been telling us al- this along the way that, so when you get to this genealogy, you expect to see those names, but then it's just kind of fun to see the other names like, you know, Boaz. And you remember Boaz yeah. and Ruth, Ruth and you're wondering, and mm-hmm. what does Ruth have to do? I mean, like, you know, it's such an interesting book to be in the Old Testament canon, and yet... Then you see his name and you're reminded of, wow, even then God was bringing about his promises. And, and to that, even looking at this list, like obviously some names stand off more than others. We recognize them. But even just seeing, in some sense, a list of men who, who failed to be what they needed to be leading up to Jesus, the man who would never fail us. And so just a beautiful portrait moving all the way to Christ, the true man who never mm-hmm. fell us and actually gives us everything that we've been looking for. Yep. Or, you know, in the terms of Paul, who would have, you know, been a companion to Luke, uh, the second Adam. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first Adam was one who, you know, gave in to temptation. The second Adam was one who was completely faithful to God and the one who enables us, you know, as sons of God to be faithful to God. So it is, you know, it is a rich, you know, rich history. And, of course, the more you read the Old Testament, the more, you know, some of these names, you know, begin to pop off the list. And it... Uh, makes it you know more and more interesting some of these guys there must have been at least uh, three Matt that's mm-hmm. you know in the whole thing uh, so they uh, were running out of names they used the same names over and over again yeah. and all of that but it is a you know a history that moves um, you know it is a story that moves through human history and I love the way you said it, David through many unfaithful people yeah. until we finally come the faithful one to the faithful yeah one. love that mm-hmm. yeah and then we have John the Baptist, you know. We oh, yeah, he's in this passage, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I just love how, I mean, you, you started this off with this in, in, you know, chapter 1, verse 80. You see he grew, and then it just moves on. And it's like, well, what happened to John the Baptist? And now here he is again. I mean, and, and we've known this is kind of what he's, 
This is why he was born, to prepare the way for Jesus. But I, I love the message he comes with. I mean, it's a message of, of judgment to those who think that based solely on their privilege of being, you know, connected to Abraham, that they're going to be sons, you know, of of all that God has in store for them. You know, that the kingdom is theirs because they're just solely attached to Abraham. And he, he says, you know, hey, repent, you brood of vipers. I mean, what a, a message of judgment to them. But I think it's a reminder to me that, my reputation isn't going to get me into the kingdom of God. You know, mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter my genealogy. It doesn't, it doesn't matter how well I know theology. The only thing that gets me into the kingdom of God is faith in Jesus. You know, it's not, it's not my reputation. No, and I love that too. Cause you know, as he's calling them, you know, well, you're connected to Abraham. That's great. The kingdom is repentance is coming to Christ. And then it's also bearing fruit. And, and I love how he kind of patrols, pulls this together here kind of starting in verse 10 as as people are hearing this message and responding to the message like so what do we do we've repented okay like what do we do and he starts with these kingdom implications and and a lot of them kind of circle around you know love for neighbor equity justice concern for the poor um in a sense a very social justice mindset in the sense of you know if you have two shirts then share with one who has None. Um, the tax collectors don't collect more than you're required. And he says to the, shol- the soldiers, don't exhort money, don't accuse people falsely, be content with your pay. So these implications of the kingdom are right there in front of people. No, the kingdom is a kingdom that brings a just society. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, you know, it's, it's interesting how often Luke will go here, but it's also interesting how often the prophets go here, how often you know, the rest of the gospels go here. That uh, once we've been reconciled to God, we are filled with love for neighbor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when we're filled with love for neighbor, it's not just those who've been good to us or those, you know, that we enjoy being around, but it is the very least of these. And, of course, that is, you know, what, you know, Mary in her song said, that this mm-hmm. is going to be in what Jesus, you know, in, in a couple of chapters uh, will, you know, talk about as his, his opening sermon. This is good news mm-hmm. for the for the poor. Yep. And the poor are not just those who lack, you know, financial resources. These are those who have been marginalized and left on the outside looking in. Those that the, you know, the the righteous religious world has rejected, but those whom God has come to save, and that is the good news. And you're you're right, David. The response to the gospel is a a response of repentance. Mm-hmm. It's a response of you know, turning from your self-sufficiency and your smugness and, uh, you know, your sense that I, I've got my act together, I wish everybody else could get their act together, and turning in humility to God to receive, uh, you know, grace. Yeah. And, I, I, you, and, and, of course, you're tracing that pattern so well when you talk about and bear fruit in keeping with yeah. repentance. Yeah. It's not just feeling bad about you know what you've done in the past it's living differently in the present and the way you live the gospel is uh, by demonstrating the love that Christ has given you to those around you mm-hmm. well, I love verse 18 the way Luke kind of summarizes what John was teaching you know and with many other words John exhorted the people I just wonder what those many other words were I mean you get just a <laughs> glimpse it's like He's pretty, coming on pretty strong, he's and we know he's edge. a man of conviction, yeah. right? Because he rebukes Herod. I mean, that that takes an extreme amount of conviction to rebuke Herod. But he says he exhorted the people and proclaimed good news to them. You know that this is, I mean, a message of judgment also can be a message of good news. 
you know, because there is one who has come, you know, to take on our, our punishment, to, to receive, you know, that judgment upon himself and, and in the next few chapters and yeah. the next few weeks we'll, we'll and, see And of course, that. you know, John was such a fiery personality and he was the first, you know, prophetic voice, you know, for nearly 400 years and people are saying, could that be the one? Yeah. And of course, his testimony is, you know, I'm just baptizing with water. <laughs> Uh, there's one more powerful than I, you know, who will come. Uh, the straps of whose sandal I'm not unworthy to tie. The lowest slave job you could do. I am mm. not even worthy to be yeah. the lowest of lowest of lowest slaves, you know, to the one who's coming after me, and he will baptize you with. And we've been telling you to watch this every time you see it in the book of Luke with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Yeah. That uh, he will bring about this renewal and this cleansing that will enable us all to be children of God. So anyway, so much more in here. I know. Yeah. But uh, we do have a, we've already, we're already two minutes over. Uh, that's why we no longer call it. a good it, two minutes over. We no longer call it 15 minutes in the yeah. Word. We're just trying to we shape you guys by the Word. by the Word, which sometimes takes a little bit Yeah, 17, more. 18 minutes sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt, do you mind closing yeah, us with a word of prayer? Father, we um, are thankful for your Word. We're thank- thankful for the ways that you shape us um, through it. We thank you that you're our God who speaks. Um, reminded of John's words in John 3 that he must increase, we must decrease. And that's our prayer that, that Jesus would be glorified among us as we decrease and, and he increases. And so would you, um, would you give us faith? Would you shape us? Would you continue to do a great work in us? Send us out um, to be people who proclaim the good news of great joy to those around us. And, and Father, would you get much glory through it? It's in Christ's name we pray.